This is the Pain Coaches Podcast. I'm Sarah Reed. I'm Karen Lindy. You are listening to episode five, Pain and the Primitive Brain. This week we are talking about pain and the primitive brain. This is a really fun topic. It is fun because your primitive brain is full of shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we, know, we know our primitive brains are. They are. We're constantly telling them to shut it already. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love you. And stop. <laughs> yes. When researching this podcast, we did some research on Paul McLean's. I hope I'm saying his last name right. It's M-A-C-L-E-A-N. In his theory on the triune brain, his theory is essentially that there are three brains in one brain. It's a really cool concept, and some scientists say that it's overly simplified, but most agree, as far as my research goes, most agree that it's an effective way to look at the three parts of the brain and to kind of understand the relationships between the three parts. So the three parts are, number one, your primitive brain. This is also called your reptilian brain because we share this part of our brain with our mammalian ancestors and also all you know modern-day reptiles, which is kind of interesting. So it's called your primitive brain, your reptilian brain, or your primal brain. And this is all housed in your basal ganglia. This is a part of the brain that was acquired first in human development. And all it does is keep you alive. That's its only job is survival. It's the reason that we have evolved and survived as a human species. Without it, we wouldn't be here. So right. we don't, we don't want to ever poo-poo it. Poo-poo it. <laughs> Why do we both say poo-poo? <laughs> we, we love the reptilian brain. It, it can cause us drama and problems if we're not in charge of it on purpose, but right. it, actually the the reason that we're even sitting here talking and while you're listening to us because we all have it so yeah so thank your primitive brain today thank you brain (laughs) the second part of your brain is known as your emotional brain this is your your limbic system and this is what gets you when you see that ad with the dogs crying oh no the dogs aren't crying <laughs> but everybody cries when they see it because the dogs are sad and malnourished you know and they play that emotional song oh sarah mclaughlin mm-hmm. yeah yeah so when you see that i mean maybe not for you but for me my limbic system acts out actually i know yours does too. well that's that's the whole thing about ads like that is that they are they're appealing to your limbic system and your right. emotional brain because they know you're going to see that and get all worked up. Yeah, that's that's why they're effective marketing. Yeah. yeah. The third part of your brain which was developed last is known as your rational brain. This is housed on your neocortex. And this is the part of your brain that takes the input from your limbic system and your primal brain and it manages the other two. Yeah. It makes decisions. It, it's your conscious brain. So it's the part that is aware and able to think about the rest. It, it's the part that thinks about thinking. It's really the part that can notice what's happening. Yeah. So when we talk about managing your mind, this is the part of the brain that's able to do that. It's able to manage the other two systems that are going on at the same time in your brain. It makes decisions. It's the part that you get to make decisions with, right? Right. The other parts are just automatic and they do their thing. And then your neocortex is like, oh, what's, what's it doing? Why do I, why is it doing that? And it just, it's, can see it and observe it and decide on things. 
yeah decide what's true and what needs to be responded to and all that and what's really cool about this is that these parts of your brain create your human experience they all contribute to what it means to be a human yeah it's really neat so today we're mainly going to be talking about the primitive brain and also some about the limbic system because they're they're working concurrently like we talked about earlier the primitive brain some people call this the lizard brain because reptiles also have this primitive brain some people call it the lizard brain some people call it your monkey brain the monkey um, brain is what they call it in yoga and that's that's why i oh, really? that because it's i think it's it might even be a buddhist thing the monkey mind is all about self-preservation like sarah said earlier it's just trying to keep you alive so we've got names for our primitive brains that we refer to. Sarah, do you want to say what your, your primitive brain name Mine is? is named Margot, as in I don't know Margot, because she's always saying things and asking ridiculous questions, and I have to tell her to just calm down. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't know Margot. And mine is named Stephanie. I don't, I don't have a good story for it. It's just... They're very, they're, there's really four of us. There's yeah. Karen and I hang out with these other two all the time and the four of us just <laughs> talk back and forth about all kinds of things and we try to just keep it straight like who's talking when it's not always easy so yeah like Sarah will respond to me and she'll say okay Stephanie and then or I'll be like well Margo thinks this <laughs> yeah yeah just to delineate like this is not my highest self talking this is not my rational brain talking this is just my unfiltered primitive brain going hog wild <laughs> just shooting off random thoughts and we're all just now going to look at these thoughts and decide what we want to think about them if we want to believe them or not yeah and sarah and i do this collectively we have to decide together what, what, <laughs> what we choose to believe yeah <laughs> it's not as insane as it sounds it's really useful <laughs> we've made a really lot of useful. progress and gotten a lot of traction since we came up with names for this because the yeah. thing is like if you don't have that separation between your your higher thinking self and your primitive brain then you can kind of get confused about what's you know what thoughts are are more likely to be serving you and which parts are just fear-based and right. so as soon as you can say well that's just my brain that's trying to protect me from all the scary things that's just Margot. that's just stephanie then you can be like okay well i can just pat her on the head and say thank you and move on yeah, exactly. It makes me think of, do you remember in Boy Meets World when, um, what's the guy's name who's the brother? Eric? Okay. Oh, Kyle. Yeah, he says, he says, I said to myself, Kyle? And they're like, your name is Eric. And he's like, yeah, but I call myself Kyle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But yeah, we encourage you to find, if, if you don't want to name it, you can just call it your monkey mind. You can call it your primitive brain. You can call it your lizard brain, whatever resonates with you. Yeah, and I have heard some coaches say that they don't want to like make it like it's a different part of them because you you don't want to think that somebody taking over, you're like, you're possessed by this, this thing that's crazy. Like, you don't want to go that far. You just want no. to know that, like, it's not, it's not all of who you are. It's, a, it's not just because they're offering you thoughts that you have to believe them. That's the whole, that's the only point, really. It's just saying, right. that's just one part of my brain. And then what does the other part want to say or think in response? Right. It's just like in the last episode when we were talking about how other people are going to offer you their thoughts all day and you, you can yeah. choose whether you, you want to believe them or not it's the same with your primitive brain your primitive brain is gonna offer you all these thoughts and your rational brain gets to decide 
what it wants to latch onto or what it wants to believe. Right. And as far as that, when other people offer you their thoughts, so when it, if it's a thought that's sort of fear-based, what will happen is that your primitive brain will think, oh, we need to listen to that. We need to really consider that. We need to think about that. But anytime someone offers you a thought, your more rational neocortex has the opportunity then to say yes or no. I believe this or I don't, or I want to hold on to this or I don't. When we only had the primitive brain, our whole goal was survival. And back then we lived in caves. We just thought about how to perpetuate the species, how to find food to survive, how not to get eaten by lions. So those were the main objectives. And those things are still true in our lives. Back when we lived in caves and we had just our primitive brain and we were just trying to survive, we needed to be aware of dangers and we needed to always be searching for food and making sure that our bodies were fed and taken care of. And we had to do things to propagate the species. So the primitive brain, which is in control of all of those things, was doing a really good job and it was very useful. And it's, again, like we said, it's how we survived. So we like to talk about when you're in the cave and you're having when you're having fearful thoughts and you're afraid to go outside of the cave and do different things, it's just because you're listening to your primitive brain that's doing its job and it always wants to convince you to stay safe in the cave. It doesn't want you to venture out and try things that might lead to getting eaten by a lion or starving. Most people's current situation, I mean, if you're camping in Montana, you, you could be eaten by a bear. Totally. But in your day-to-day life, there's not a tiger or a bear looking around the corner, you know? The primitive brain has not evolved to match right. with modern society. Right. It still operates on the belief that around any corner could be something deadly. Right. And so instead of a lion looking around the corner, it latches onto your boss or your husband or, you know, all these different that's true. It, you start to fear social situations. That's a big one because back when we lived in the caves and we were nomadic, if you were ostracized from the group, it actually did mean death. You needed the whole group to survive. That you know, People lived together because there were so many dangers out there that if you messed up in a way that they kicked you out or people didn't like you anymore you would get left behind when they moved and you would probably starve or get eaten so our brains our primitive brains still warn us anytime someone we sense that someone doesn't like something we're saying or has an opinion about us our brain is saying this could be danger you could die from this and it's not true but we we automatically hear that and believe it a little bit Right. And it's so interesting to think about how deeply that is in our brain, because not only does, not only could it mean death, it also could mean that you're not going to propagate the species. If you get kicked out of your tribe, then you're not going to propagate the species if you're all by yourself. So it's so deeply entrenched in our brain that we need to stay safe in the group. Your brain automatically goes to, I could die. I could not propagate the species. This is bad. This is dangerous. So your brain offers you all these thoughts to try to keep you safe, like thinking, oh, I can change him. I can change the past. You know, all these thoughts that your brain thinks are helpful, but they really don't accomplish anything. So you just say, thank you, brain. That's, that's, 
not actually helpful, but I appreciate what you're trying to do here. Yeah. I appreciate that you're trying to keep me safe in the cave. We coach on emotional pain and emotional pain, whether it's sadness or anger, it's always somehow fear-based. So if you're sad because you lost a spouse or someone died, you're when you suffer from that sadness, it's because you're making the circumstance mean that you are never going to have those good feelings that you had again, or you're never going to, to be in the same situation or be happy or, you know, you're making it mean something about the future. And that's fear-based because fear is always, always about the future. It's never about something that's happened in the past. And it's never about what's happening right now in the moment in the moment you just react to things and your, your fear is, it's motivating. It's that's, that's a different kind of fear. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fear of things to come. And when you're suffering from an emotional pain, it's because you're making, you're taking this pain, you're feeling it and you're making it mean, well, the future is bleak or the future is going to be missing something. Yeah. If you think of a good example of that is public speaking. So there is, there's kind of both of those fears. So one, there's the fear that's motivating in the moment and two there's the fear you're not actually scared of danger in that moment you're not scared that somebody's going to hurt you in that moment you're scared of what they're going to think about you later on after the talk or after the podcast or whatever you're going to think your your fear is based on oh no what is the tribe going to think about me are they going to kick me out am I going to be left to die well and that's interesting too I was just thinking because I just said you know it's not fear is not about the past But say you're having emotional pain from this embarrassment, like say you said something in your speech that was wrong, or you you messed up and somehow you tripped over your words or your feet or whatever, and you, you have a thought about that, now you're embarrassed. The embarrassment that you continue to feel and suffer from is not about what you did, it's about what you now are afraid that all the people are going to think about you and what will then happen to you because of this thing. So it's not, it's not about the past. It's about what's going to happen next. Yeah. It's not about the past or the present. Yeah. It's about the future. It's always about the future. Yeah. And if we're talking about physical pain, so if you're, you're, if you're having physical pain, remember that's a circumstance and then you suffer from it because of what you're thinking about it and making it mean, But again, it's that you're in this pain and your brain is telling you and and you're believing in some form that you're either going to have this pain forever, it's not going to go away, it's going to get worse, or that now there's something wrong with you, you're not normal, you you now don't fit in with the group. You now, you're, you might get left because that would happen back then and that you might get left to die and, or left to be on your own and it doesn't, it's, it's scared of that. And so it wants you to take action and do something and wants you to worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting with physical pain because it wants you to worry that it's going to continue happen, continue to happen in the future and you'll be left behind because actually in the moment, if you sink into that physical pain, you can handle it in that moment. And the way that I know that is because if the pain was so great that your body couldn't handle it, you would die. You would. Yeah. And you haven't died. So you can handle it. And I don't mean to diminish your pain. I understand that there are people and 
horrible pain right right this very horrible physical pain right this very second i'm just telling you that's what humans are des designed to withstand so you can handle that physical pain in the moment we're really not ever afraid of the death part we're afraid of the suffering on the way to death so it's like yeah. you have this suffering that you're enduring now because of your thoughts about whatever the pain is but then if it were to be so bad you would die and then you wouldn't feel any pain at all so right so you're not actually scared of the death you're scared of the suffering you're scared of the suffering that you're inflicting on yourself right now Eckhart Tolle would say that in the present moment and in right now everything is fine there's never any problems right now there's only ever a problem in the future in your mind about the future so yeah. right now so, you can handle everything and and it's you you know you can use any of the, those examples about when there's a, a disaster and people have to you know claw their way out of you know a building that fell down or they have there's a fire and they have to escape they're not thinking about anything really they're just think, they're thinking about survival and they're taking action but they're not afraid in that moment they're they they do not have room for fear and that's another right. interesting thing because fear tells you and worry you know those emotions they tell you that they're useful and that they're necessary and important but in reality when things are actually happening that you need to take action on you don't have space for those emotions those aren't in your awareness at all you just are doing what needs to be done and that proves to you that they were never useful right that's so interesting yeah you can ask your primitive brain in any moment, am I safe right now? Ooh, and a lot good. of times, yeah, a lot of times that just calms it right down because it's like, oh, actually, I am safe right now. Um, this thing that I'm worrying about is something, um, you know, your primitive brain doesn't get, your rational brain gives you all these ideas, but, you know, it, it can just say, actually, you know, I am safe right now. And the way that we know you're able to handle it in this moment is because you are handling it in this right. moment. What about, like, what if you're in the middle of a bad storm and there's tornado warnings and it's probably on its way and you say, am I safe right now? And you say, well, no. Like, what, what about that? There's a tornado coming. There's a tornado on the way and you ask your, your primal brain, your primitive brain, am I safe right now? And the answer is yes, you are safe right now. There might be danger coming, but there always might be danger coming. So it's no different in this situation. We're not saying that you shouldn't take necessary precautions if there's a tornado coming, but thinking right now in this moment, I'm not safe is going to cause feelings of panic. And that's not going to be helpful to you in that situation. If you think I am safe now, what do I need to do to prepare myself for this thing that's coming? you're going to be set up much better to actually survive than you would if you just panic and go into a thought spiral. Yeah, because remember that the storm, the tornado, whatever is happening outside is a circumstance. So there's always room in your, there's always a possibility or an option to choose the thought that I'm in danger and I'm not safe, whether or not there's a storm outside because there's always that option that means there's also always the option to think i am perfectly safe right where i am doesn't matter what the circumstance is right you can always choose your thoughts the circumstance makes no difference it's totally neutral so it just made me think of our example from the last podcast about that tailgater that i yeah. I, I was so in that moment if i think i am not safe because this person is tailgating me 
it's actually going to make me a less safe driver because I'm not focused on the road. I'm focused on this person behind me tailgating me and indulging in these feelings of frustration and annoyance. So it's actually not helpful at all. I'm just realizing this. It's actually, it's actually not helpful at all to, to be annoyed in that situation. It's, it's Well, you have your own back and you're taking care of yourself. You know, right. thinking that they're unsafe puts you into what they need to be doing differently. Rather yeah, into their business. Right, and rather than being aware of what am I doing to protect myself in this situation and I'm totally capable of doing this. Right, and if I'm thinking this is an unsafe situation, then my result is going to be proving that thought true. My result is going to be I create an unsafe situation because I'm not paying attention to the road. And also back to, this does go back to our last episode as well about how other people can't hurt you. It's it's the same with the circumstance. If the circumstances, the weather or anything, you know, in the natural world, when you start to worry about that as if you are at the effect of it, you're giving away your power. Right. And always you're giving away the power of your emotions with your thoughts that you're thinking about that. And really everything in life is about how we're feeling. So you're basically giving control of your life to this circumstance that has no power over you. Yeah, that is completely beyond your control. Right. When you do your thought downloads and you're just free writing and you get all of the stuff out of your brain and onto the page, just know that most of those thoughts, they're all thoughts. And most of them are from your primitive brain, especially if you are feeling emotional pain because of them. Yeah, and that's really helpful to know because once you separate that out, you can realize that those are just thoughts that your brain is offering to you. I do not have to take them on. I do not have to believe them. I get to choose where I'm going to go from here. Really anything with the primitive brain, you don't want to, you want to have compassion for it. You don't want to tell it, you know, to stop or to go away. You want to just be aware that it's trying to protect you and it can sit in the seat next to you and you can keep driving, keep doing whatever. It can just go along with you during the day and you can just, it can be your driving buddy, but it doesn't have to be the one steering the car. Right, right. Yeah, so you can name it. You can say, this is anxiety that I'm feeling. Thank you, Rain, for for trying to protect me. Now get in the car, we're going shopping. We're leaving the cave. Yeah, we're leaving the cave. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to do this thing anyway, even though we're feeling anxiety. And speaking of the cave, I this has been helping me in the last few months when I think about how when your, your brain wants to do you to stay in the cave because it's safe and it's warm and it's familiar and comfortable. And those are all great things and we all want that sometimes. But when we talk about the best things in life, the sunshine and the happy dancing through the fields and the, the rainbows and the flowers, none of that can exist in a cave. You can't have, you can't have, you can't even have the food that you love to eat. That doesn't grow in the cave. Like you have to leave the cave to get anything that's worth having. I'm not saying you can't have happiness in the cave. Of course you can, but you have to leave the cave in order to survive and in order to thrive and grow yeah right in order to evolve as humans if we had just stayed in the cave we would never have evolved to have this rational brain which is our superpower as humans is our rational brain we'd love to hear your feedback on this episode we're on facebook and instagram at the pain coaches 
They also have a Facebook group called the Pain Coaches Group. It's a private Facebook group. You can really dive deep into these concepts and not have to censor yourself. And you also get some one-on-one feedback from your pain coaches. So we'd love to see you there. Next week, we're talking about rehearsing pain. So stay tuned. I'm Karen Lindy. And I'm Sarah Reed. And we are the Pain Coaches.